What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, today we have a lot to talk about. Pitt falters at home on Pitt's day of giving to the Miami Hurricanes, a real butt whooping by the Hurricanes coming up from Florida and really handing it to Pitt. This is a second straight tough loss for the Panthers. We'll discuss the dichotomy of this, what happened in this game that caused them to lose it. In the big picture view, there are some really concerning signs starting to show up with this team that mirror a lot of other teams under Jeff Capel. We'll talk about that coming up here on this episode of Locked on Pitt. Are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, as always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen. Every day, if you are watching this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, turn on that notification bell. And if you are listening, leave a review, give feedback. Folks, cannot make this show as good as it possibly can be without your feedback. So always trust your guys' eyes and ears. And I really enjoy that feedback so I can really improve this show, make it the best it can possibly be. All right, folks. Well, today's going to be all men's basketball, pretty much. And, you know... It was a good day overall. I mean, the pit day of giving, I thought, was really joyous, and it was great to see some really cool things. Um, I mean, the pit cheer and the dance team and in the mascot, and that unit really ratcheted it up. I mean, they, they got a lot of money coming in to them. The band got a lot of donations. Obviously, the football team did. Everyone saw the Aaron Donald donation of $200,000. Really cool to see. Aaron Donald give that much money just out of the whim. And, and so Aaron Donald continuing to build his legacy. We'll talk about him uh, throughout the offseason. I'm sure I think this dude's number should be retired at this point. He's given so much to this program. He's given in the millions to this football program. So this is a guy that has really given back to where he came from. And so I, I really am just so thankful for what he brings. And, and so love Aaron Donald. I saw Kenny Pickett already gave a donation too. So it's really cool just to see guys like that really give donations. The alumni base for Pitt football is so engaged and so there. You you can just go down the list. There are so many different alumni that show up on that list, and, and you really just love it. I, I mean, I, I know that women's lacrosse had a really good day in terms of their donations. So honestly, there were so many different – donations that I, I just loved it and then obviously the clubs got a lot of donations the athletics teams got donations I thought it was a great day for Pitt's day of giving but but really overall I think Pitt men's basketball took the day of giving a little too literally uh, if you will and today getting crushed at home by Miami 85 to 64 this was boy this was a really tough game to watch I mean it, it when you were sitting there at the end of the first half, you just had this pit in your stomach. And then the second half, that was some of the most painful basketball I have watched pit play. And I know with the Stallings, 
stuff happening. Yes, that was tough to watch. So, so that definitely wasn't easy to watch. But this game was brutal. It just felt like they weren't even trying. It felt like the energy wasn't there. And, and so, honestly, I, I don't know what you do right now if you're Pitt. I mean, let's first just talk about the game at large. I mean, wow. You want to talk about losing a game. Just get 20 turnovers and your opponent scores 30 points. In the first half, Miami had 19 points off Pitt's turnovers. Pitt had zero off the three. Kane's turnovers. Miami had four turnovers in the last three minutes when their backups were in, so I don't really care about those turnovers. Miami was playing, playing a clean game. Pitt was not. Their guards combining for 13 turnovers today. That's just not good. And Burton's kind of looking exhausted. Femi Cali didn't have a good game. Ethio Horton didn't have his game going. He didn't have his jumper going. Gee and Hughley were really the only two that showed up and played a real consistent game today. And, and those two bigs continue to show out. And Mo Gee's wrist is hopefully okay. And I think Jeff Capel did say he had a sprained wrist, which is good. Um, it's not. It, hopefully it's not too bad for him and he can continue to play strong in the season and he can end the season strong as hopefully he gets some pro looks because his skill set is dynamic. He's got this dynamism to him that I really love, and I, I love watching Mogi play the game of basketball. But this this game was tough. It, it never felt like Pitt had energy on offense. I mean, the, the guards could not get any semblance of actual ball movement working. It felt like it was tough sledding, getting it down low to Hughley. There really weren't open jumpers that they hit or missed. Everything was contested. And then they shot 9 of 17 from the free throw line. So they didn't even shoot well from the line. Everything today was completely disjointed for this pit team. This was a really bad game for this team. Really bad game. And you saw... A lot of things. Defensively, they didn't have the energy. They didn't have the communication. These guards for Miami are physical, quick, and athletic, and they took it to Pitt. They cut off both ends of the floor. Pitt was not able to get going fast the other way. They were not able to drive. They were not able to get spacing and get open. They were not able to, to get back and transition on the other side. The transition defense was an issue yet again, and Miami pushed the pace, and, and when they got there in the half-court offense, they took them physically and pushed them right in the teeth, and, and Pitt didn't have a response. It really was that bad. I mean, Pitt was popped in the mouth early, responded with a whimper, and that whimper was almost all Mo Gee. Then Gee gets hurt, and then everything just falls down the cliff. This was the definition of a bad game for Pitt, and this is what you didn't want to see from them. What you wanted to see at least was fight, was a close game, especially after that you know, first half where they came out at the end of the first half, let this league grow to 20, and you at least wanted to see that fight. You know, in that first Virginia Tech game where they were getting blown out, you thought, okay, maybe Pitt can fight back in this at the very least, lessen the lead from 20, maybe, you know, get 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 competitive. And I thought that would say a lot about where this team is right now. And they really didn't come back out with any extra fire. Uh, they came back out with, more importantly, a, a sluggish start. The offense looked the same it did. They had lots of turnovers. Still, the guard play was substandard. John Hughley played his tail off, and he always plays his tail off. 
So I don't need to see that from John Hughley. I know that guy's grown. Man, I know Mo Gee plays well. You know, and Jamarius Burton just looks gassed. I mean, he's not had a good last two games at all. Jamarius Burton looks done. And I think physically he's had to take such a beating. Uh, he's been so physical all year. Defensively, he's had to take a beating. He's really had to carry this. And, and Femi Odukali, who's supposed to be that defender, who's supposed to be the guy that you go to and you look at as the defender, the guy was just terrible today defensively. Femi Odukali did not have a very good defensive game today. He's been really, really disappointing. Ithio Horton really didn't have a good game today. There were a lot of bad things in terms of this team overall. And and Femio DeCali was very disappointing today. A lot of bad signs, man. A lot of bad signs. The lack of cohesion. It seemed like there were five guys playing on the floor at the time. They weren't playing as a unit. The, the turnovers were obviously terrible. This team never felt like they were working together. And when they did try to work together – it usually ended in a disaster. There were a lot of really bad turnovers. Mogi getting stripped from behind, falling asleep, essentially. I mean, some of these passes just going off the hands of, of a guy in transition where he should have had an open dunk. There were really bad strips while you were trying to over-dribble when Femi Odicali was guilty of that. Ithio Horton was stripped at the wing when he should have just fired off the three. And he said he was trying to dribble drive offhand. It, it, it was not good. This game, and you looked at it and you said, this is, Pitt should not be having turnovers like this. And, you know, I've been saying that for multiple games. Why are they having November mistakes in late February? That's something that they have to answer. And why are they not receptive to Jeff Capel's coaching? We'll talk about that coming up next because there were a few concerning quotes from this press conference that I thought we should highlight. But first, folks, let me let you know about Built Bar because I know this is the time of year where you pretty much have given up on all your New Year's resolutions, but not this year. You can stick to your resolutions to eat. Right. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you can actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your favorite and all built bars are covering 100 real chocolate puffs included 100 real chocolate but here's the thing outside of the candy bars you also get a really good healthy bar you get the low calories the low in sugar low in carb high in protein bar so you get all of the health benefits of a protein bar while having it taste like a candy bar so folks here's all you have to do Go to Built.com, use the promo code LAC15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LAC15 and get 15% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we continue to talk here a little bit about Pitt losing this game, a really bad game that you did not want to see happen. And there were a few big takeaways from this game, and we'll talk about that that I think really reinforce a lot of what, what we've been saying here on this show over the past few games and in the past few days. Um, but, but overall, 
when you actually look like this team did tonight, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to break down. And you have to look at this team and say at large, what do you actually have to do to improve this team? Is this team actually close next year? I don't think so. I really don't think this team is that close. And, you know, you can point to some games, yes, but there's others like this one and, and the Georgia Tech loss and the beating against Citadel. And there's all these different games that say, man, they're not that close. This team is going to have a tough time getting to the bubble next year. And what's it going to take to save Jeff Cable's job next year? If if he does get that fifth year, right? Seriously, what's it going to take for Jeff Capel to keep his job in year six? Is he going to take an NCAA tournament berth? Because I, I bet it would. And so here's the thing. Straight up, this team, it's not a great one. It's a short-sided depth team that has little depth. They have to get a lot of in-house jumps next year. Plus, they have to hope no one transfers out. They're losing Mogi. There's a lot to worry about with this team. But the biggest one that I saw today was John Jugley's quote. And this was what was concerning to me. You know, Jeff Capel was asked if he thought there was a disconnect going on. He said he did not think there was, which in all good news, okay. But when John Jugley turns around and is asked the same question and says, what's the issue when Jeff Capel stresses to the pit team things before the game and it doesn't show up on the court and he says, guys want to do their own thing and not listen to what coach is telling us, I guess that's an issue. And it feels like you have deja vu hearing that quote because I swear I've heard the same thing four times before this. Jeff Capel has had the same thing happen to him every single year. The last, the first year he was here, a very promising freshman class of Adis Tony, of Xavier Johnson, and Trey McGowan's. They were very, very young, very raw, and they were getting through the gauntlet of the ACC. They had a few really tough wins. They fell off a cliff at the end, but you could live with it. Felt like it was a young team that was going through their first ACC gauntlet. And okay, if they struggle at the end of the first year, whatever. The Pitt team can at least improve from here on out. And you have three really good players to build off. That one's not that concerning. What? But here's the thing. If it happens one time, it's whatever. Happens two times, it's a problem. Happens three times, it's a fiend. Happens four times, what, what do you want me to call that? The second one goes around. You get another class in here. You get guys like Ryan Murphy to come in, Justin Champagny, Abdul Karim Koulibaly, Gerald Drumgool. You get all these guys in, and you're really excited. You have a pretty good recruiting class. It's one of the top-rated ones that Pitt's ever had. Feel really good about it. And then you again, it doesn't feel like the guards have taken a leap. Xavier Johnson's making mistakes. Trey McGowan seems disjointed. Adi's Tony is playing well at the end of the year. Justin Champagne looks like a stud. You don't have the big still, 
but there are issues again, and you collapse yet again down the stretch. Year three, this is where it all comes together. You land John Hughley, you land Will Jeffress, you land Noah Collier, you land guys like this. You're really excited about this team, Xavier Johnson's in his junior year. Even though you lost Trey McGowan's, you get Ithiel Horton, you get Nike Sabande, you get all these guys in. It's cool. You're feeling really good about yourself. You feel like you can replace what Trey McGowan's brought. Audie's tone is in his junior year. Justin Champagne's coming into his sophomore year. You have a really good young big in John Hughley, anchored by some more experienced guys like Terrell Brown. You have Abdul Karim Kolobali coming into his sophomore season. You feel really good about this team. And you're 8-2. and two. You defeat Duke. It looks like Pitt is on the verge of a top 25 ranking let alone anything, you're square right in the middle of the tournament talk. And then you completely collapse down the stretch. Everything blows up in your face. The chemistry falls out from under it. Xavier Johnson, not his Tony transfer before the season's even over. You lose guys like Abdul Karim Koulibaly, Terrell Brown. They transfer out. And also, Justin Champagne goes pro and he doesn't return. You don't get your top players in the in the portal or in the free in the recruiting class Efton Reed goes to LSU you wanted him you put all the eggs into that basket you lose out on another get another key recruiting battle and then this year you have a whole new set of guys in you have the whole new guys in there are three different casts that had the same thing happen and now it could be happening again this is a completely different type of ca- of, of cast right the leaders from last year's team are gone Champagne is gone Johnson is gone Tony is gone. They were sup- those two, Tony and Johnson, McGowan's even. You could throw him in there. They were they're gone. They were supposed to be the problem. So if things are happening again, if this team is tuning him out again, as John Hooley may say, what am I to say? How do you defend Jeff Capel against that? And listen, great guy. I think Jeff Capel is a great person. I root for him to work this out. I really thought that, hey, maybe this year, even with the talent they have, we can see the steps going forward. We can see him get a few key recruits to come on, and we can do this rebuild 2.0. But then Judah Minsky commits, and we've had nothing. Radio silence in terms of recruits. You ain't you weren't able to get another commit along with Judah Mins, and so because of that and your loss to the Citadel, he decommits. If this is Jeff Capel's team turning off the light yet again, just like the other three previous groups did, and you essentially have a whole new group, the issue isn't the players. It's Jeff Capel. And that's something we need to really just take a look at. The effort hasn't been there for the last two games. What's going on? Why is this continuing to happen under Jeff Capel? It's inexcusable and really... It can't happen again because even when this team is theoretically talented enough to be somewhere where they should be higher than, why would they be? Why wouldn't they fall down a cliff yet again? And if they're on the bubble, why wouldn't that filter out? It's now possibly four straight late season collapses with little energy and little effort and the coach getting tuned out by his team. That's an issue. That's a problem. And if that happens, I know I said, you know, he is probably going to be back, and I feel he will be. But my question wouldn't be, is he going to be back? It's a why should he be back? I'm not sure. 
I don't know if there's a tangible answer to that right now, but we'll continue to discuss this Miami game specifically a little bit. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Folks, it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hoxie, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Podcast. We're continuing to talk here a little bit about what Pitt is going through right now, this loss to Miami. And there's a lot that is excusable. There's a lot that when you look at this team, you will take as excusable. Again, I understand that this is really not a great talented team. It, it, they struggle a lot with the talent. They're very shorthanded. The team does not look outright talented. And at times they performed above their grade. And, and you have to give Capel credit for that. But also, you can't get blown out at home. Miami's a good team. They're not that good. You made them look better than they were. You got outclassed on the court. You got whipped. And we've seen this before. Clemson, who is not a good team, absolutely crushed Pitt. There's no way that should have happened. Absolutely no way that should have happened. Pitt, though, is absolutely not playing like they should be. And if the coach is getting tuned out, that's bad. I mean, on an individual player level and on a team level, this team it, it, this team needs a point guard. It's not optional. It's a mandatory need. They have a ton of secondary ball handlers but no one to be the primary. No one you trust with the game on the line to hold that ball in his hands and not turn the ball over. And you need that guy. And and you absolutely need that guy. And so, here's the thing. Jamaris Burton and Femio DeCali have been their primary ball handlers. He's not that guy. He is not that guy. He cannot handle the rock in his hands as the primary ball handler. They need a quarterback like type. If they can get a guy like Charlie Moore, I wonder what they could do. I think they could do a lot better. I think they have guys that at least would be talented in that role where they can get a guy like a Charlie Moore, for example, guys similar to that, and things could really open up for this team. I think it would be great to see this team. I think it would be great to see a guy like Ithiel Horton and Nike Sabande in an off-ball role like that, I think they could do great things. I think John Hughley would have his game opened up. They'd be able to use the gravity from John Hughley and be much more effective. And they really need that point guard presence. Because right now, these guys aren't playing at a high enough level. And Jamari's Burton, you know, is a guy that can be a, a secondary ball handler every now and then, but he's not your primary guy. And that's the issue at hand. They don't have that point guard. They don't have that quarterback-type point guard that can minimize this aggressive defense like a team like Miami plays. 
they have the physicality of the guards, but they don't have the ball handler, the quick ball handler to really supplement that. And they really need that. Pitt badly needs a point guard. Badly, badly, badly needs a point guard on this team next year. The issue is, and I've raised this a few times, I raised this with Steven Gertz on Monday, are you going to convince someone to come here? Really? How are you going to be convinced to come here? Because there's going to be four guards likely that are going to be here. Assuming none of them transfer out, which is, I guess, which is obviously possible. But if none of them transfer out, you're going to have four guards vying for playing time. Now, yeah, you can probably play them all on the court at times. I assume Femi could probably work down to the four at times. If you went small, you could be a small four. But that point guard's going to probably get playing time. But who are you kicking to the curb after that? It's a tough one, right? But at least you'd have options, and you need those options. And so Pitt right now badly needs that point guard. Badly. They need another wing that can really shoot that three ball. I mean, Will Jeffress is just not that guy right now. And he shows flashes in garbage time. Like, I was seeing him do that dip and under to take the floater, and I was like, where in the world did that come from? Like that, I, I don't know where that came from. And so I was honestly extremely excited by that. The issue is he never does it in actual meaningful minutes. He does it in garbage time. Can they get any confidence out of Will Jeffers? They need to. Because he actually showcases things, but they need a 3 and D wing bad. They need the Yadis Tony. Because they miss Tony. And as Steven came on here, they're a terrible screen team. They tried screens today. Oh, boy, it was just ugly. So then they just stopped running actual, you know, cognizant sets. It was just guys doing what they wanted. It was disjointed. There was no dis- There was no unity in what they were doing. There was no purpose to a lot of their passing. And overall, this was a team that just didn't play like a team. So I don't know. But we'll say this. I mean, if they continue to fall like this, continue to really just get blown out of the building, they're going to need probably an ACC tournament win. I think to 100% say Jeff Cape could be back. And I know I said after UNC, he'd be back. But the one thing he couldn't do was get that big loss against Georgia Tech and then come out and get run out of the building in the last few games. Because if he loses the team, that's the fourth straight year he's done it. And, and what would make the fifth year any different? There are trends here with Jeff Cape that are very worrying and it's very tough to imagine this team really getting to that NCAA tournament level next year, which is where they have to be. Even to an NIT level, it's going to be tough. This team's going to need a lot of rehauling, and they're going to need guys to go out, and they're going to need to retool this entire roster. We'll see. I don't think it's very likely if Jeff Capel comes back. But, hey, I guess you've seen different things, and it's it can be tough um, in, in college basketball. But Wake Forest did it, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you can do it um, if you are Jeff Cable, but it's not a likely scenario right now. And, and really, there are a lot of troubling signs for Jeff Cable and his staff. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow discussing pertinent things, whatever may happen, or perhaps more pit men's basketball. Trust me, we will talk about this more tomorrow in the overall landscape of things. But as always, folks, thanks for listening. And as we end it, as always, hail to pit.